Does your dog talk to you? Do you know what he or she is saying? Welcome to My Doggy Says. Here now to help you understand and build a closer relationship with your dog, the host of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Hi, this is Fred Haney, host of the My Doggy Says show, where you learn about dog bonding or how to build a stronger relationship with your dog. You'll hear interviews here with experts from all corners of the dog world, and the whole idea is to improve your dog communication skills and help you build a more nurturing relationship with your pet in order to be dog's best friend. As usual, I'm here with one of my best friends, Callie Golden Retriever. Callie's a little over four years old now, and we have our daily ritual soccer game in the evening. We did have our soccer game this afternoon, and Callie did really well today. One thing I've learned about our soccer game is that it tells me a lot about her mood and her energy level for the day, and even during our 15-minute game, uh, her uh, energy level can kind of go up and down. It's interesting to watch. But tonight she was she was on her game. We really had a good time. She uh, came and uh, invited me to play, and we went out and played. Uh, afterwards, she always uh, asked for a great big drink of water, and it's just a very special time together, partly because it's really her creation. She started asking me to play soccer when she first came to live at my house as a little puppy at eight weeks old. And she uh, saw this underinflated soccer ball and got behind it and invited me to kick it, and I kicked it, and she went and draped her body over it, and she couldn't even get all four paws to the ground because the ball was bigger than she was. But the soccer's been uh, really fun. Uh, we're going to talk a little more uh, in our show today about uh, playing with your dog. It's an important uh, part of the advice that we'll hear from uh, our expert uh, this evening, uh, we're going to get a lot of expert advice for living with and loving dogs from uh, Liz Palaika, uh, whose most recent book is A Dog in the House, uh, but she's written 50 other books about animals and 1,000 articles and just uh, is a very prolific writer. We've had her on the show before. It's great to have her back tonight. Um, if you'd like to join the conversation, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, uh, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. And as you know, we uh, invite you to participate with us in different days, ways during the week. The uh, best way to do that is to visit our website, www.mydoggysays.com, uh, read the blog, but you can also visit the uh, My Doggy Says channel on YouTube. Um, but on the website, we've got... Uh, some fun uh, re- recent blog posts, uh, and uh, on uh, YouTube we've got a lot of fun video. We've recently reorganized the website so you can get a lot of content with just a few mouse clicks. So uh, if you look at the video on the website, uh, the most current one you'll see is uh, our uh, cousin Maggie, uh, Golden Retriever, uh, watching uh, television, and she's watching the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show and she just puts her face right in the face of the dogs as they make their uh, circle around the ring, just barking and barking and barking. But it's very obvious that uh, she sees dogs on the TV, and she gets right in their face and follows them all the way around the, the ring. It's kind of uh, hysterical. You want to check that out at mydoggysays.com. Uh, so our guest for tonight is 
Liz Palaika. Her most recent book is an e-book uh, titled uh, A Dog in the House. Uh, and uh, Liz is an expert trainer. Uh, she's just written an awful lot. Um, and uh, th- this will be fun because uh, in this book, experts offer a lot of advice for living with and loving dogs. Uh, Liz, welcome back to the My Doggy Says Show. Thank you for having me. I enjoy it. So, um, Liz, you, you've been writing for a long time. Uh, you started professional writing in 1985, is that right? Right, right. My first article was published in Dog Fancy Magazine way back then. It's, it's hard to believe. <laughs> that, that, and uh, since then, you've just done an awful lot of uh, ma- magazine writing. What are some of the magazines that uh, you've been published in? Oh, let's see. Um, Dog, Dog Fancy, Dog World, uh, the AKC Gazette, um, Cats, Cat Fancy, Reptiles, um, Bird Talk, uh, Saturday Evening Post, Newsweek, uh, a whole variety of, of magazines, mostly the, the major pet publications, but uh, also some general interest magazines. So where did you get your uh, obvious uh, fascination with animals? I was one of those kids that grew up reading all the dog books. I read all of the collie books, um, you know, Lad, a Dog, and Gray Wolf. And I I read uh, Where the Red Fern Grows and Rin Tin Tin and all of those. I, I grew up, I'm a voracious reader, and I grew up reading all of those books. And my mother had... And, and I love you, Mom. Uh, my mother had little tiny toy poodles that would sit in her lap and bark at us kids. And so I grew up thinking, I'm going to have a real dog, and I'm going to train my dog, and my dog isn't going to bark at kids. <laughs> and uh, so my first dog, after I, I, I left home, graduated from school, got a job, got a car, got a place to live, and... I adopted a rescued German Shepherd puppy from a litter who had been abandoned on the side of the street. And this puppy, the whole litter, was in horrible shape. They had fleas and worms and kennel cough. And and I adopted him at a very reasonable fee, but probably paid at that point in time a fortune in vet fees. But he grew up to be an absolutely wonderful dog. And through him, I... I learned what dog training was all about. I learned how much fun training could be. He uh, he earned advanced obedience titles uh, uh, as a as a neutered uh, dog. He learned uh, search and rescue work and was certified as a search and rescue dog. He went to the world finals at catching frisbees, which German shepherds just usually don't do. And with him learning to. Ch- to teach him and spending time with him, I learned what joys a dog could be. And uh, he just started it all. Now, you do a lot of dog training, too, right? Right. I'm a certified dog trainer and a certified behavioral consultant. And uh, my business is called Kindred Spirits Dog Training in uh, San Diego County, California. This is the My Doggy Says Show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, helping you find ways to build stronger, more nurturing bonds with your dog. Uh, And tonight, uh, we're getting a lot of expert advice for living with and loving dogs from Liz Palaika, whose most recent book is A Dog in the House, Experts Offer Advice for Living with and Loving Dogs. 
Uh, Liz, what are uh, some of the challenges you face in training people? Do you, do you train lots of dogs at once? Do you go to people's homes? Uh, how, how does it work? And well, most, some of the... most of dog training is teaching people. Um, it, it's easy to train a dog. It can be a little harder to teach the people because a lot of what I offer people are are changes in maybe their household routine, uh, teaching them what a dog needs, um, teaching them that certain things like crating a dog when uh, he's apt to be destructive uh, or when he's going to be left alone aren't cruel, that they can be done nicely and well and the dog isn't going to suffer. So a lot of people, using crates as an example, uh, think that a crate is doggy jail and Yes, it can be abused, but if it's used wisely, it can be a very good training tool. So much of dog training is actually people teaching. So yeah. it's a combination. Uh, understandable, and and uh, which really sort of gets you into the relationship between uh, people and their dogs. Uh, is that part of the training that you do? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, Training is, is all-encompassing. It's learning to uh, to teach your dog. It's learning to watch your dog so you understand how he's feeling and how he's reacting to things, in, in not just in training but in daily life. Uh, training is, is all about teaching your dog to trust you so that when you ask him to do something, he understands that it's okay and nothing bad's going to happen. Uh, it's all about affection, loving that dog, and um, and then yet at the same time teaching limits, you know, teaching some household rules and some social rules. Uh, so it's, training is all-encompassing. Do you think people uh, sort of get the maximum enjoyment uh, out of their dogs? And I, I guess what's behind my question is that it seems to me for, uh, uh, for, for some people, uh, owning a dog is sort of a matter of obedience training and a daily walk and leave me alone. Um, but uh, there are a lot of other people who get into just magnificent, uh, loving, uh, playful, interactive, uh, almost human-like relationships with, with their pets. That's tr- that's true. Um, you and I are kind of spoiled because we know what having a dog as a companion can be, but I think many people aren't aware of exactly how much a part of your life a dog can be without taking over. I mean, we understand that people have jobs and they have hobbies and they have family responsibilities, so do you, so do I. But a dog can be a wonderful release mechanism, too. When you're stressed out at work, going out and, like you said, playing uh, soccer ball with your dog or I take the ball ball out, the tennis ball out, and, and throw the tennis ball for mine, or we'll play on the agility course, or I'll do some trick training, and the dogs and I will have fun with that. That can be a wonderful de-stressor at the end of the day, so that when work is hard or family responsibilities are getting to you, go laugh with your dog and hug him and give him a belly rub, and it's a wonderful part of your day. Yeah, I really enjoy the uh, interactive times with Callie. I love that... Uh, she really initiated our uh, soccer play. It, it, it was kind of her invitation, and every day it's her invitation. I could get the jump on her. I could set the clock uh, for 3.30 or something like that every afternoon and, uh, and go out and play. 
but I like the fact that it's her invitation, and I know it's sure. her feel good that I uh, that I respond. You know that. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, I'm, I'm uh, letting her take the lead. Liz, uh, we're we're coming up on a break. Let's uh, be sure and tell our listeners how they can find your uh, your books and your website. Oh, my website is www.lizlizpalika.com, and all of my books are up there with a description and a photo of the cover and, and how to order them, including the new one, uh, A Dog in the House. Uh, all of the information's up there, and you can get a quick preview of each of the books, too. The new one, A Dog in the House, experts offer advice for living with and loving dogs uh, is uh, is lovely. It's an e-book, uh, so uh, people just download it to their computer, right? Right, right. And then they can either read it on their computer or transfer it to their laptop or netbook, or you can print it out. And it's loaded with color photos also, which is uh, not always the case with these. Yeah, the, that, that, that's a nice uh, reason for doing it online. You get those color photos. The My Doggy Says Show will be back uh, after the break with Liz Palaikas to talk more about her new book, A Dog in the House. Welcome back to My Doggy Says. Here once again to help you understand and build a closer relationship with your dog. The host of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show, where you get better at dog bonding. You improve your dog communication skills uh, and learn how to build more nurturing relationships with your pets in order to become dog's best friend. And you're doing it on the Dog Appreciation Network. Uh, Tonight, we're uh, getting expert advice for living with and loving dogs from Liz Palaika, whose most recent book is titled A Dog in the House, Uh, Experts Offer Advice for Living and Loving Dogs. Uh, Liz is a professional trainer and has written over 50 animal books and uh, over 1,000 articles about animals, so she just uh, has an enormous amount of experience to tap into. Uh, if you'd like to join our conversation, and, or if you have a question for Liz, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. Uh, we invite you to follow along with us during the week. You can do that by checking out our website, uh, mydoggysays.com. You can also follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we're at My Doggy Says on Twitter. Uh, you can get to our Facebook from the website. Uh, the blog, uh, we have a, a couple fun posts. One of the uh, recent posts is, is an article uh, that uh, you'll want to read. It's titled, Does Your Dog Have Daily Rituals? Uh, my observation of the dogs that uh, I've had is that uh, we know they like structure, uh, but they also invent their own structure uh, if if you leave them to their own resources. Uh, and I've used uh, as example some of the things that Callie does. Probably the most notable is this daily soccer match that we have. But she has uh, probably, if you really watch her carefully during the day, there may be a couple dozen things that she does. Uh, in the morning, every morning she gets up and walks over to uh, 
my side of the bed and walks real close and uh, asks for a, a good morning scratch under her throat. Um, she uh, th- Then a little later in the morning, she sits down with an Iowa bone and uh, warms up her teeth for uh, uh, 10 or 15 minutes. In the evening, when it's getting to be time to go to bed, she uh, gets one of her toys out and just uh, gently kind of gums it. Uh, it's like a, a security uh, thing, maybe maybe uh, sort of helping her to wind down in the evening. But it's fun to observe those things and uh, read this article. It'll uh, uh, sort of uh, get you thinking about that kind of thing. Um, Liz, one of the things that uh, you write about uh, in your newest book, A Dog in the House, um, I, I thought was an interesting comment. You, you, you write about time management skills for dog right. owners. And it's not something that you normally uh, think about as part of uh, uh, working with your dog or training your dog. Uh, what, what, tell us what you mean by that. Well, one of the things I, I tend to hear from a lot of my uh, dog training students is when I talk to them about uh, making sure their dog gets time every day for training and make sure their time dog gets time every day for play and the dog needs time for exercise. Uh, people tell me, well, I just don't have time for all that. But yet we can make the time. We can, we can manage our, our time. We can learn to uh, perhaps not procrastinate. We can learn to uh, multitask. You know, it's just Time management skills are something that we can all get a little better at, I think. And if we make the dog a priority, then we can make sure the dog gets what he needs while at the same time, um, you know, not wasting any more time. Uh, so time management is important. And, and, no, I don't think I've ever seen it in, in any other dog book because it's not typically a subject that people think about. But it's something that I hear all the time from dog owners. I don't have the time. So it's like, yeah, you do. You know, maybe you need to look a little closer at what you're doing, but we can all we can all squeeze in the time for our dogs. Well, it does uh, take, take a lot of time to give them the exercise that they really need, doesn't it? Sure. I mean, uh, it, depending on your dog. Now, I have uh, – my husband and I have four Australian Shepherds. They're a very – busy, active, athletic breed, uh, but that's what I like about them. And plus the fact we've got a nine-month-old puppy who's smack dab in the middle of adolescence. He's got to have that that time for training and for play and for exercise, or he'd be impossible to live with. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a matter of making that time. You're listening to the My Doggy Says Show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, helping you find ways to build a stronger bond with your dog. And tonight, uh, we're getting a lot of expert advice for living with and loving dogs from Liz Palaika, uh, who's an expert dog trainer and also a very prolific author of animal books. Uh, her most recent book is A Dog in the House. Uh, experts offer advice for living with and loving dogs. Well, one solution to the time management problem I find uh, is that if you really get into uh, uh, interactive, uh, sensitive kind of uh, communicating relationship with your dog, uh, your dog can put a real guilt trip on you if you don't uh, uh, do what it wants you to do. <laughs> I mean, if yeah, I didn't, if I, I, whether I make time for my uh, daily soccer match with Callie or not, uh, she'd just 
come and put such a guilt trip on me that I couldn't possibly say no. <laughs> yeah, and, and golden retrievers especially are real good at that. <laughs> the the Aussies aren't bad either, but the biggest thing that that I think uh, works for me is you were talking about the blog you had uh, on uh, rituals. The rituals, yeah. Right. Uh, I think dogs are very much creatures of habit, and a schedule is important to them. Uh, because I do spend a good part of my day at the computer writing, they hang out in my home office with me, and um, my my seven-year-old Bashir is under the desk. The old dog, who's 11, is in the doorway guarding. Uh, the three-year-old is to one side of my chair, and the puppy took the the only spot left, which was the other side of the chair. And they hang out there, and once an hour I get up from the computer, we walk out, we go outside, they relieve themselves, I'll throw the ball a few times, and then I go back to work. Well, at 3.30 in the afternoon, that's the time where I quit, and I get ready to go to the dog training yard for classes or, or whatever else we've got going in the evening. And they know it. They know what time it is. There's, there's some internal clock or maybe one of them's figured out how to read the clock. I wouldn't put it past them. But they know, so they all get up, they stretch, they nose me, they look at me with happy faces going, okay, the boring day is over, now the rest of the day starts. And so they know very well when it's time. So, yeah, they're very much creatures of habit. Yep, they uh, uh, they like structure. I didn't get the... Uh we have a caller, and caller, I'm sorry, I, I uh, missed your name, but you're uh, call Don from uh, San Diego. Um, uh, uh, jump in. You've got a question. Uh, we may have to carry you over to the next segment, but uh, tell us what's on your mind. Well, I was just curious. I just adopted a poodle, poodle mix, and um, I was wondering, because I've got grandkids, what's the best way to, it doesn't seem to be comfortable around uh, people, and I haven't, got it around my kids yet, and I'm just wondering, is there something I should do to kind of prepare it for that? How old is he? Um, he's about four or five years, five years old. Four to five years old. Um, do you know anything about his background? Dude, I, ever... don't. I don't. So you don't know he'd been... I know how he's reacting. Uh, Don and Liz, we're uh, coming up on a break. Uh, let's hold the, the thought there. I want to make sure we... Uh, Don, can you stay with us across the break? Sure. Great. And uh, uh, Liz, uh, uh, hold on to your line of questioning sure. there. We'll pick up on it. Remind our listeners, Liz, how they can find your books and your website. My website is www.lizpalika.com. Uh, this is the My Doggy Says Show, and tonight we're uh, getting a lot of expert advice from uh, Liz Palika, who's a uh, uh, an expert trainer and also just a prolific writer. She's written uh, over 50 books about animals uh, and over a 1,000 uh, articles for magazines about animals. And uh, we'll be back with Liz and uh, caller Don um, after the break. And uh, one of the things we want to talk about uh, a little later in the show with Liz is how important it is to uh, take time to play with your dog. Uh, maybe we'll... Uh, uh, have some time for that in this next segment. Uh, be sure and come back with us and join us uh, after the break. It's the My Doggy Says Show. Mm-hmm. 
Your dog's actions may speak louder than words. Welcome back to My Doggy Says. Here again to help you become a better listener with your best friend, the author of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show, where you learn what makes dogs tick, how to improve your dog bonding skills, and how to be dog's best friend. And you're doing it on the Doggy Appreciation Network. Uh, tonight, we're getting a lot of expert advice uh, for living with and loving dogs from Liz Palaika. Uh, Liz is the author of uh, A Dog in the House. Uh, experts offer advice for living with and loving dogs. Uh, this is Liz's most recent book. She's written over 50 uh, books about animals and over 1,000 articles. She's also uh, an expert trainer and uh, very involved with animals. If you'd like to talk to Liz, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. And uh, Don, uh, who uh, called in the earlier segment, if you have a chance to call back in, we'd be glad to have you call back. Uh, But we did chat a little about your uh, situation uh, during the break there. And um, I think we could go ahead and try and offer some some uh, thoughts. Uh, Liz, uh, Don, Don's got a situation there with a, a, a four-year-old poodle that's new to his house. And, uh, uh, you know, how do you work with it to maybe get it more comfortable with kids? Well, I think the first thing to, to keep in mind is that um, a lot of dogs who weren't well socialized to kids think that kids are creatures from another planet. You know, they they make funny noises, they jerk emotions, they're more active than adults. And so if his new dog wasn't well socialized, then he needs to do that very gradually and do it in a very positive manner. You know, maybe go for walks in places where there are other people, where there's lots of kids. Don't let the kids run and charge up to his dog, but instead have them walk quietly. And and then make it fun for his dog so that when he sees these these new people or new kids that he gets a treat, he gets play, praised, and, wow, look at you. Look how special you are. You're letting these kids come up to you. Uh, when his grandkids come over, uh, he shouldn't turn them loose with the dog, but instead uh, when the dog is put away, have the grandkids come in, explain to them that the new dog is a little concerned, uh, have the kids play quietly or maybe even sit on the sofa for the the first visit, and which I know can be tough, but, you know, if they're capable, and then bring the dog into the same room on leash. And, again, just let the dog watch and observe and figure out what's going on. Most dogs will, if the kids are well-behaved also, most dogs will, will realize, oh, these are just somebody new in my life, but he's got to take it gradually. I've had some experience with this because uh, my uh, granddaughters uh, were having a little trouble with Callie uh, when she was a puppy. I mean, she would jump up and uh, they would would react. And one of the things you have to do is kind of break this spiral where uh, the the dog jumps up, the girls freak out, uh, then the dog freaks out and jumps more. And uh, we had a trainer come in and spend a couple hours. That was really all it took. Uh, but part of the training was getting the girls to just relax and be comfortable and uh, right. know that, uh, you know, 
learned to ignore uh, Callie, more, more or less. I mean, they actually practiced uh, just kind of walking and not reacting to her, just walking sure. right, right through her. Uh, and with uh, two hours' worth of work, he, he, uh, uh, when, he, when he left, we went out in the backyard and played, and everything was great. It's been great That's ever cool. since. It was really a nice uh, solution to the problem. Good. So, Don, I hope that uh, helps you a little bit. I, I, I suppose the other thing to do is to just uh, uh, try and observe a little bit uh, with the dog on a leash and get a reading kind of on how it's going to react to children. And, um, well, he, he made the comment that the dog was a little uncomfortable. And so I, I think with that that there's probably a little bit of fear. And so that's why teaching the girls to be quiet initially is a good idea. Um as well as the socialization away from the house also and keeping that very positive. Yep. Well, hope that uh, helps solve that problem. It's, a fairly, it's probably a pretty common problem. I mean, everybody, uh, a lot of people have the jumping up problem. It's not, not just with dogs and kids. Uh, and uh, in my experience, that's uh, kind of one of the harder uh, things to, I mean, sometimes it's easy to train a dog, but it's, it's harder to untrain them. Oh sure. Once they've once they've got a bad habit, it's just like us. Uh, habits are habits, and we're used to reacting in a certain way to certain situations or certain stimulus. And dogs jump on people to get attention. You know, a, a young dog is going to greet an older dog face to face. They want to greet us face to face, and our face just happens to be taller. <laughs> uh, kids, the, the face is at the same level, but. Um, uh, what I generally do with the jumping problem is teach the dog an alternative behavior. When the dog learns to sit yeah. for petting and greeting and all good things, uh, then he doesn't need to jump anymore. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And and uh, I think the, I mean, you talked about training people. Um, I, I think one of the, the best things people can learn in that situation is to just uh, have an instinctive reaction. Uh, oh, that, sure. That, uh, you know, as soon as a dog starts to jump, the next thing out of your mouth is sit. Sit, good boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I'm, I'm not at all a fan of some of the techniques that are very popular right now, the, the knee in the chest or the grabbing the paws. Um, they may make jumping up on people uncomfortable, but they don't teach the dog what to do. And when you teach the dog to sit and you teach them when he sits, all these good things happen, then the dog doesn't have any doubt. He says, okay, I sit. And and that's much more effective. Uh, so My Doggy Says Show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, helping you find ways to build stronger bonds with your dog. And tonight uh, we're getting a lot of expert advice for living with and loving dogs from Liz Palaika whose most recent dog uh, book is A Dog in the House. Experts offer advice for living with and loving dogs. Uh, Liz, do you like the gentle leader as a training device? The gentle leader could be a really good tool for some dogs. Um, unfortunately, if, if the dog is very strong and physical and he throws himself around, um, it can also wrench the neck. So it really it depends on the dog, but sure, it's, it's definitely one of my favorites. That's been good with Callie. Any of the any of the makers. There's Gentle Leader, the Promise, and the Halty. But what's the uh, uh, generic name for that kind of a lead? A head halter. A head halter. Okay. Right. Yeah, I 
Uh, I, I think uh, that's been good for Callie because she has a tendency to get excited about people. She's very social. She just loves everybody. Uh, yeah, she's a golden that's, retriever. <laughs> that's what they're made for, I guess. Right, that's, right. Uh, helped uh, a lot to calm her down. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the uh, things that you said you've been talking uh, a lot about lately uh, is the importance that people take the time to play with their dog. Uh, I mean, that's part of the time management uh issue that you mentioned earlier, I guess, but uh, how important is play and uh, what, what's the purpose of it? And Well, the, the pa- basic purpose of play is exactly what your show's all about. It's about building that relationship with your dog. Um, everything we do when we live with the dog is a part of that relationship, whether it just be like right now while I'm talking to you, my dogs are laying on the floor here in my office with me. They're just spending time with me. That's a part of our relationship. Uh, but I think a lot of people get in the mindset that there's certain things they have to do with the dog, and they have to uh, feed the dog, and they have to water the dog, and they have to clean up after the dog. They have to do some training with the dog, and they may even have the idea that they have to exercise the dog. Those are all have-tos. But what they're forgetting in there is the having fun. Because when you play with your dog and you're having fun with your dog, you're laughing, uh, both of you, you and the dog, release those endorphins that make you feel good. Uh, You're getting to watch your dog just relax and be himself. And you get to know each other better. Like your soccer game with with your dog, Uh, she initiates it, you have fun doing it, you kick that deflated ball around. You watch her reaction, she smiles, she laughs, you smile, you laugh. It's all about building that better relationship. And it really doesn't matter what you do when you play. I mean, whether it's throwing the ball, whether it's playing hide-and-seek games, whether it's doing some trick training, uh, whatever you do with the dog, it's just having fun. Um, and how about tug-of-war? Do you uh, subscribe to uh, playing tug-of-war with your dog? It depends on the individual dog. I, I can play tug-of-war with my dogs and then tell him, okay, that's enough, and have him drop it. Um, I'm not a big fan of tug-of-war with kids when when the dog can overpower the kids because then the, the game can get out of hand. Um it can certainly be a confidence builder for a, for a dog who's a little shy or, or worried. So it all depends on the dog and owner relationship. Liz, we're coming up on a break. Um, tell our listeners how they can find your website uh, and your books. My website is www.lizpalika.com. Um, terrific. My Doggy Says Show, and uh, tonight we're... Uh, getting a lot of expert advice about uh, living with and loving dogs from Liz Palaika, who's uh, the author of uh, her most recent book, Is a Dog in the House? Experts offer advice for living with and loving dogs. Uh, We'll be back uh, again to continue our conversation with Liz after the break. And uh, uh, Nicole, if you'll uh, hang with us across the break, uh, we'll take your call as soon as we start the next segment.
body language, facial expressions, they're not just for humans anymore. Author Fred Haney says his dog Jamie talks to him. And now to continue the canine conversation, author of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show. I'm Fred Haney, your host and author of the four-time award-winning book, My Doggy Says, Messages from Jamie, How a Dog Named Jamie Talks to Her People. Uh, this evening we're getting a lot of expert advice for living with and loving dogs from Liz Palaika, who is uh, the author of A Dog in the House, Experts Offer Advice for Living with and Loving Dogs. Uh, this is... Uh, 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 number 50 or maybe more than 50 uh, uh, books that Liz has written about animals. She's also written over a 1,000 articles about animals, uh, and she's an expert trainer in her own right. So she has just a wealth of uh, knowledge and experience to uh, share with us. If you'd like to call and join the program, the number in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX, and outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is one 866 Five three six eleven hundred. Nicole from San Diego, you have a question for Liz. Am I on? Yep. Hi, Liz. I actually i I bought your book as a gift for my brother. He just got a pit bull. Okay. And um, he he got it. It's, it's still a puppy. He just got it. It's relatively young. I don't know exactly how old, but it's. Like relatively new puppy, and um, I bought him the book. And he's having—he's like a really busy guy, college student, all of that. So he's spending as much time as he can training it and like trying to read the book and stuff. And one problem that the dog has developed is she acts like kind of like a cat. Like she's all over the furniture. She's always like crawling up around you and all over you. Like we'll be eating or something, and she'll like crawl up on you and be in your lap and just like kind of like. I, I guess cat-like. <laughs> the only thing I can think of, like, she's really on the furniture and really in your space, like, in, in places where I, I feel like a dog shouldn't be. And I feel like, like, I heard you guys earlier talking about the habits developing and unlearning. And is is there a way, like, something that I can do when I'm over there or something, advice I can give him to, to kind of help break that habit so that she kind of knows her place is not on top of the couch? Well, he's he's got to set the, the household rules. You can't do it just when you visit. So, because he's going to be consistent with it. But what she's doing is she's just, we call that attention-getting behavior. She's Uh trying to get attention. And what you don't want to happen is her to figure out that even getting yelled at is is good. Um, Because some dogs figure, okay, I'll do anything just to get attention, even if it's negative attention. And that's why I used the example in the earlier segment of having the dog sit instead of jump on people so the dog sits and gets positive rewards for it. Unfortunately, even with his schedule, he needs to get into a training class. So uh, I don't know where in San Diego he is, but I know they have uh, classes at the San Diego Humane Society. uh, Okay. if If that's convenient to him. And then that way he can learn how to provide her with some structure and so that if he doesn't want her on the furniture, he can teach her to stay off the furniture. He can teach her what to do instead. Uh, and he can teach her to go lay down and stay while people are eating so he's, she's not crawling into their lap while they're eating. So, um, and, and he's got to understand that if he's taken on a puppy, there's some responsibilities to taking on the puppy, and one of which is teaching her 
because a pit right. bull is going to be a very powerful dog. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Like, when she was, like, little, it was kind of cute, and everybody just let it go because she was a small, cute little thing. And now she's, like, 80 pounds. She weighs almost as much yeah. as I do. And so I was just wondering if maybe there was something I could do in my short time there to to contribute no, at all to her learning not to do that. Or No, e- e- even with your good intentions, uh, anything you would do wouldn't carry through because he's got to be able to do it. He's the one living with the dog all the time. And so he needs to be able to provide her with some structure and some some household rules. So the best thing he can do is is take a little bit of time and and the two of them get into a a training class. Okay. And you said the Humane Society, correct? The San Diego Humane Society has classes, um, or he can call one of the local veterinarians, you know, wherever she's going for her, her puppy shots, and they can give him a referral. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Liz. Okay. Thanks for calling, Nicole. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is the My Doggy Says Show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, helping you find ways to build stronger bonds with your dog. And tonight you're learning about uh, how to live with and love dogs from Liz Palaika, who is the author of A Dog in the House. Experts offer advice for living with and loving dogs. Uh, this is uh, number 50 book in a long string of uh, books that uh, Liz has written, and she's also written over a 1,000 uh, magazine articles. Uh, she's an expert trainer in her own right and just a uh, wealth of knowledge and experience about how to deal with dogs. The number in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. Outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is one 536 1100 And I'm sure you think you have a great relationship with your dog, but here's a test for you to take some time. Uh, Does your dog ever do something that you don't quite understand? Uh, If it does, that's probably the first clue that your dog is trying to tell you something. And uh, you wouldn't want to have your dog try to tell you something and miss the message, would you? So you need to learn how to read your dog's behavioral messages uh, and that's the whole purpose of My Doggy Says. Uh, check it out on our website, mydoggysays.com. Uh, Liz, that serves as a little introduction to the subject of canine communication. Um, how do you think about communication between uh, people and dogs? Well, I think dogs are great at it. We don't always pay enough attention. Um, dogs, dogs are used to using not just verbalizations, uh, whines, barks, howls, but they're used to using body language and 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 postures to convey a message, and unfortunately, a lot of dog owners um, don't understand what the body language is saying, or they're they're not paying enough attention. They don't watch enough because body be, language I, can be pretty subtle. I think their behavior sends a lot of messages too. Just the, the things they sure. Do. Well, it's all interrelated. You know the the. What what they're doing, their behaviors uh, go along hand in paw, so to speak, with um, their body language, uh, their postures, uh, facial expressions, where the tail is. Uh, all of that is it's, it's all a part of their means of communicating with us. I, I started uh, realizing uh, early in uh, Jamie's life, my previous golden retriever, that uh, her behavior. Uh, was sending a lot of messages, and what, one of the uh, earliest messages I, I, 
I got uh, kind of helped me really understand what was going on. On our morning jog once in a while, she just stopped dead in her tracks. Um, and I finally found that there were probably two reasons, one of two reasons for that. Um, she was either saying, uh, there's a pine cone over there. Could I please go retrieve it? After all, I am a golden retriever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or she was saying, I got some uh, leaves and pine needles in my tail feathers. Would you please clean them out for me? Sure. And uh, it, it was almost always one of the two. And uh, I, I found that uh, there are just a lot of what I call scratch-your-head moments uh, when your dog does something a little out of the ordinary and makes you want to stop and scratch your head and say, why would you do that? Why did he sure, do that? What, sure. what, what message am I supposed to get? And sometimes uh-huh. it just takes a lot of detective work to figure it out. Uh, but if you get into that habit, uh, it could really enhance your relationship with the dog. And it depends on the individual dog because although they have a lot of means of communication that is the same, each dog also figures out what works with you. And so even if it's something that's a little different that maybe any other dog won't do, if your dog figures out, ha, I can get Dad's attention this way and I can get him to help me or do something for me or or whatever, then he'll continue to do that. So they learn. <laughs> they learn really well. Yeah. And they're very good people t- trainers. Oh, well, if if you uh, let them, yeah, Callie uh, has done a magnificent job of uh, learning how to drop a tennis ball in the kitchen and uh, uh, get a tr- puppy treat in exchange. Oh, sure. She's got me trained to do that. She's got my wife uh-huh. trained, yeah. Barbara, Barbara trained to do that, too. Um, Liz, we're uh, coming up on the end of our time here. Uh, w- one thing I did want to... Uh, just comment on briefly, maybe it was one of your chapters I thought was real interesting. It's about uh, the stress of adolescence. Uh, maybe you could take uh, just 10 or 15 seconds and share a thought about that. Just keep in mind that, that canine adolescence, and I have a nine-month-old at home right now who's smack dab in the middle of it, um, is just like teenage humans. It's preparation for adulthood, and any of the stupid things they do in adult uh, in, in adolescence are not personally directed to you. It's just strictly a stage of of their life. It's a stage of growing up, and they're not doing it to you. They're just being who they are. <laughs> That's great. Um, Liz, quickly uh, remind our listeners how they can find your website and your books. All of my books are up on my website uh, with uh, uh, where you can go about getting them, and that's www. Liz, L-I-Z, Palika, P-A-L-I-K-A, dot com. And uh, one of the fun things about the, the book we've been talking about this evening is it's an e-book. So uh, you can go to Liz's uh, website and download it and have it along with a lot of color photographs uh, just right away. Liz, it's been fun to have you back on the show. It's your second time here. You're a delight. Thank you. Guest, full of good information. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, uh, listeners, be back with us next week from uh, 8 to 9 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, In the meantime, pay attention to what your dog is saying. Do something about it. And remember Jamie's first rule for a good life. Don't bark if a wolf will do the job. 